0: You're listening to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Thanks for tuning in. This episode with Corey Coleman is going to be based upon Corey telling his story. On these episodes, we don't necessarily want to have a bunch of sponsor interruptions, but we do have four companies that are sponsoring this episode: What Chefs Want, Super Source, Sharpie's Bakery, and Cytex. These companies are amazing and they support Nashville Restaurant Radio and our agenda of supporting locally owned and operated restaurants and the people that are within those restaurants, all the hospitality industry. We are actively looking for sponsors for once a month to sponsor this episode where we're going to have people in the hospitality industry telling their stories of sobriety. So if you're a company that feels aligned with that mission and you'd like us to help donate those funds to a local charity, please feel free to send an email to brandon at com. I'd love to have that conversation with you. This episode today with Corey Coleman starts now. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. Today, we're talking with Corey Coleman, and Corey is the director of operations at the Corner Pub, Esquina Cantina, and the newly announced Fortuna in Bellevue, and a lot of people are really excited about that. Today, Corey is going to come on and tell his story. Today is Corey's four-year birthday of sobriety. So we're really excited for Corey to come on on his birthday and tell his story. And I have to get you know I listened to the episode a couple times just getting ready for this, and I it's tough. It's tough when you're you're on a <laughs> podcast and how you come across. And I I have to be judgmental of myself because you know I'm not I'm no expert. I'm no expert on this. I'm not a I'm not a Clinical anything. I'm just a guy who wants to share a message. And these conversations, I, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. I don't. Um, we're really just winging it over here. And I don't want to come across as though I really know anything because I'm so new in this. But I hope that you are able to enjoy this episode and uh, our conversation. Corey's one of my, my good friends. I just love the guy. He's so full of energy and life, and uh, we talk about all the same stuff. He's <laughs> he loves talking about restaurant stuff, and he loves talking about sobriety. And um, he's a great dude. His uh, his wife is just, they're just amazing people. So I hope that you enjoy this episode, commercial free again, commercial free. Brought to you by Cytex Super Source Sharpier's Bakery, and of course, what chefs want. So let's go ahead and let's. Uh, Let's jump right in. Super excited to welcome in Corey Coleman. And Corey, you are the director of operations for Lucky Hospitality, which includes the corner pubs. You guys have a Skeena Cantina. And introducing Fortuna, Italian steakhouse fortuna italian steakhouse this is so new that i mean i think that like one person knows this yeah right (laughs) (laughs) going to hit bellevue they say otherwise very uh hip bellevue i am super excited we'll just start there with your new location super duper excited because your new location i can like throw a football at yeah and i need like another great place right down the street besides the corner pub and Tito's. I think, uh, I think all of Bellevue needs and deserves another restaurant
1: uh, of, you know, Tabor and I uh, were excited to be able to bring it to Bellevue. It's uh, going to be a higher end and steakhouse, still family friendly, but that special occasion place, um, you know, bringing you know, the family for a celebration, whatever it may be, but you know, we'll have, uh, hiring wines, um, you know, hand cut steaks, uh, that they can't get anywhere else. Um, after all, we're a steakhouse, and then we'll have flatbreads and pasta, and of course, seafood as well. I can guarantee that there will be an octopus dish on the menu.
0: Oh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. you heard it first.
0: Drive to Sperry's now, they've got a place in your backyard. All the people yeah. over here in uh, Side and all this area, it's nice, it's Temple Hills temple hills we're talking to you talking to you new williamson Snakeout. county davidson county yeah um that's pretty exciting like that that's a that's a great location it's like in the parking lot of the corner pub in bellevue it's just right in not really in the exact it is kind of the exact same parking lot isn't it
1: yeah yeah it's in the old applebee's building right there off highway 100 it's 8100 highway 100 um is the address there so we're right in front of brew house catty corner to the uh,
0: or kitty corner for those from the North to the corner pub Bellevue. Um, so we're excited. So I first met you, I had Tabor on the show. I've known Tabor for, for many, many years uh, back to like the Jay Alexander's days. Yeah. And you know, through infinity and everything and then had Tabor on and he said, I'm bringing on, I'm going to bring my director of operations, Corey on the show with me. I was like, cool, no problem. Really the first time I met you, yeah. and since then, uh, we've definitely hung out, and uh, you're one of my favorite people, and you're a fellow sober guy. I am.
1: Yes, I uh, I am actually four years sober today. So today is your four-year birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I fooled him around the sun one more time, as they say. <laughs> So we're doing this once a month uh story I told you a while back my idea that I really want to normalize some conversation around alcoholism and drinking and what in our secret society calls an allergy uh yes. that I don't I don't know about you but I don't have the ability to just have like one beer or one drink that's that's like a that's a warm up
1: Oh yeah I Every think yeah, I was I was a professional drinker. That's what I was. You know, I was one of the ones that got mad. And I'd look over and be like, are you are you not going to finish your drink? Seriously? what What is wrong with you?
0: Thinking there's something wrong with that person. <laughs> I used to tell myself I was an educational alcoholic because I like to drink different things all the time because I, I was in the business and I wanted to learn What of course all the Irish whiskeys tasted like. And I got to learn all. So if I don't drink the same thing every day, it's an educational thing. I'm learning.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to the store and buying a fifth, you know, I mean, I'm, I might buy a half gallon and try and finish it, but you know, (laughs) look, I think uh, for the most part, you know, uh, and I can only speak for myself. I was uh, one, a very high functioning alcoholic. Uh, you know held held down an incredible job and and had an incredible team to support me as well but you know we we put out some of the best food uh in nashville and and it was a lot of fun and i would i would never give it back
0: except for maybe uh, a couple of those duis maybe <laughs> those are things you'd love to give back and, yeah. I, and you know i think that that's one of the things that i want to talk about is that there's a lot of people out there i was incredibly Highly functioning, and I had no idea how much it was holding me back. Like I had, I had no clue in the time, like how much I was drinking, which is which is insane. And so, thank you so much for coming on the show today, because I've asked you to come on and kind of tell your story, because I I want to assimilate this with other people who are out there who kind of don't know or don't know what where they're at, and I want to talk to other high functioning people because it's not just I think there's this perception of what AA is or what this perception of alcoholics are. And usually it looks like the wino from Mayberry, you know, mm-hmm. or it looks like somebody who's, it, it's just, I don't know, it's not portrayed in a way of high functioning and then reckoning. Hollywood
1: Hollywood alcoholism.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, that's, but that's, fortunately there's, I mean, Walker Hayes has this new song called just trying to stay out of AA. And I'm like, uh, hey, you know, I mean, I, I'm not upset about it. I'm like, it's not a bad place, but yeah. I mean, thank God for AA. <laughs> what is your, uh, what is your, let's go back, let's go back a while. Growing up, where, where are you from? Are you from I was, Tennessee?
1: I was born and raised in the Shenandoah Valley of the Blue Ridge Mountains. That could be a country song right there, couldn't it? Yeah, it could. <laughs> uh, yeah, born and raised in Virginia. Um, you know, grew up, uh, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, everything, but, uh, you know, my parents made sure that my brother and I had more than they did growing up. Uh, so, you know, we were blessed to have an awesome, awesome family. Um, my brother's seven years. Yeah. One brother, my brother's seven years older than me. Uh, so he always used to tease me that, uh, mom and dad didn't expect to have you, you know, that was the mistake. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was born after him and, and uh, yeah, shortly after that, uh, my mother, um, uh, they found a terminal illness with her. She has a uh, cerebellar atrophy, OPCA for short, Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a terminal neurological disease. Um, a lot of people liken it to, you know, uh, other sort of neurological, disease MS. Is is one that you know it sort of falls beside, but um, so you know it was actually one of those things that uh, I guess stuck with me, and I never really talked about or thought about until I got into AA and started you know talking about it. But I always blame myself for her illness, like you know such a silly thing to do. But you know I came what along were you this time. Um, I was three of oh, four years old. Yeah. Oh, so you, were, and then, you were like a kid. like a kid. Yeah, so I came home one day from like, I think it was uh, kindergarten, and my mom was just out on the ground, and a dining room chair was knocked over, and I mean, I freaked out. But it was one of her first, uh, I guess they called them episodes. It was more of like um, the doctors, you know, likened it more to not a stroke, but a uh, thunderstorm, so where her brain would just sort of zap out And she would lose consciousness and then come back and was fine. Uh, Some short-term memory loss, you know, things Mm -hmm. of that nature. But... um,
0: I couldn't imagine the fear that you probably felt at that age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, to see your mom sort of, you know, one of your two superheroes as you grow up to go from a a walker and then, uh, you know, to a wheelchair, um, you know, and they didn't expect her to see me graduate high school. Uh, So... To be able to take my mom to my senior prom and dance with her for the uh, the mother son dance, you know, in a wheelchair, spinning her around, because that's oh, that's where I got my love of music was from. My mother, my dad loved awesome music. He he was a big influence on my you know musical taste, but uh, he could not hold a tune to save his life, <laughs> and he would have admitted that. <laughs> uh, but you know, music and and um the feelings. Uh, it, it's sort of how it, I always used to call it my religion. Music was my religion. How old are you? I am 36 years old.
0: So you were like growing up. Did you listen? Because my dad was like a DJ in high school and he. So was mine. My- <clears throat> listened to, I was classic rock, Doors, Eagles, Zeppelin. I mean, those were things in my house. This classic rock was, 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 that was holy music now he was also a publisher of a magazine that was christian music so there was music everywhere throughout my entire life also yeah. but i really got into the grunge i see ben harper behind you uh i was yeah. pearl jam Soundgarden. i was right i'm 42 so i'm maybe five years ahead as far as like when that stuff hit i think i was like 15 or 16 what yeah. is your what did what was your parents influence and what did you what do you listen to what's your your go-to School.
1: My go. I listen to everything. You can ask yeah. uh, my friends, and and they just, I, I'll my playlist. You know, my wife will tease me sometimes on how my playlist goes, because uh, 'cause it'll go, you know, straight from Big Crit hip hop Outkast. You know, and then it'll it'll take a wide left turn and go to like Three Dog Night. You know, you'll you'll get a little uh Al Green in there somewhere. There you uh, go. I just, I just love music in general, and and I used to love making music, and it was just you know a passion of mine back then. But my mom was the bigger R um, and B and hip hop influence. My brother, obviously, he was he was a big hip hop influence on me too. I used to, I ruined his Beastie Boys uh, cassette tape. I remember that he wasn't too happy about that. I wore that thing out, you know, on the little Walkman before the Discman. It was the
0: Walkman. Oh, heck yeah, I. Had- <laughs> I remember uh, my dad finding my Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, and throwing it in the woods. (laughs) That was not, But I was like nine, you know, and he was like, nope. And now he would tell you that's one of the greatest albums of all time. Of course, of course. He was being your father. My dad would go, yeah, that that was one of the greatest albums of all time. But it wasn't appropriate for a nine-year-old, and I get that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I bought a Red Hot Chili Peppers CD. Uh, one time, just you know, I pulled one of those. It had the parental advisory on it. And I pulled one of those. Yeah, my mom's right over there and waved at some lady, and she just <laughs> waved back at me. And then I bought the CD and ran out of the store. You know?
0: Oh man, I, those are those were the days. So music was your music was your jam. It was no pun Did intended. You play? You say you played music? Would you? What? Yeah. So in
1: high school, it was a uh, choir, um, and then I played the saxophone as well. I uh, took piano lessons my whole life, really. But, um, you know, I I went to
0: James Madison University as a vocal performance major uh, really? for three years. I did. Yeah. See, I was listening to an episode of Armchair Expert today. I was going to try and like write down who he was talking to. I forget the guy's name, but it was really a great interview. But he goes, sometimes I like to interview my friends because we hang out all the time. But I don't like ask probing interview yeah. style questions to my right. friends and we're hanging out. And I think this is so fun because it's like, "I'm that's awesome. I didn't know that about it. It's not just everyday conversation that we have. It it's isn't. Yeah. Restaurant yeah. talk. Yep. It's always restaurant talk, but I love that too. But that's fun. But you know, there's also the, you know, I was saying that half this episode of armchair expert, they were talking about uh, the secret society in being sober and all the different stories that they went, they were just going through stories. And I said, I'm weirdly attracted to listening to that. And you were like, yeah, it's because that's what, you know, that's what we know about that. You like listening to stuff you're, you're into and you're like restaurant stuff too. I'm like, yeah, I I can listen to anybody talk about restaurant shit all day long exactly it's it's what we're into
1: and at the same time you know when i first got into aa you know i would listen to the stories and this is when i was going but i wasn't uh participating uh, you know I, most of it was court-ordered when i first started going actually exactly was court-ordered when i first really? started going. oh yeah I had to go to 24 meetings you know so i um
0: i i, I was fortunate enough to not be court-ordered to go what let, let's, let's 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 get lead let's lead up to that Okay. Tell me, tell me, um, like, go into when you first started and what happened, and drinking or going to a drinking, <laughs> drinking. Oh, I
1: mean, I was, you know, we were the middle school kids going out into the middle of the field and drinking or going down Cole Road. Shout out to my five four zero people if they ever listen to this episode. Uh, <laughs> but just going out and uh, you know, getting getting one of our brothers or or somebody, you know, the old guy at the out, outside the 711 to buy us a 12 pack and going out and thinking we were badasses
0: drinking and smoking pot. We used to drive down Del Rio. Del Rio, where's that? Yep. Uh, Franklin. I mean, we I used okay. to live, I I grew up two houses down from the house I live in and yeah. you know, we would go drive down to the end of Temple Road and hit Old Natchez and just go drive down these back roads through Franklin and Yeah they stupid. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the uh,
1: we would just drive through. The, I know my buddy uh, Scott, he had an old Toyota, I think an old Toyota Camry. He's going to be mad that I got that wrong if that's not what it was. But we would tear that thing up through the fields. I mean, just getting it on two wheels. Just, I mean, just the stupidest. You know, we thought, hey, if somebody was actually filming this, this would be just as good. And then Jackass comes out years later.
0: And we we're like, what? We, did we were that doing stuff. that shit anyway. Yeah, we we did that stuff, you know. <laughs> oh man. But all, but that's a rite of passage, though. I think anybody in the world, sure, sure. anybody who grew up in the country or out here or out there, you kind of did those things, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, we we were not the only, you know,
1: group of teenagers uh, finding their way into and out of trouble every other weekend, so. But, you know, I mean, I was big into sports as well. Uh, So that was a a good influence on me for a long time. Uh, And then, you know, I think college is where uh, I played soccer and football. Yeah, ran ran track as well. Um, So I was sort of the all-year one. Uh, All-year? We were lucky enough in Virginia to have soccer and football. Soccer was in the spring. Football was in the fall. So I could play both.
0: Nice. Yeah. So when, when did you start working in restaurants? I started working in restaurants
1: actually back um, in college is when I had my first, you know, serious job. I was, uh, I made Spanakopita at the uh, Greek restaurant in Harrisonburg, Virginia.
0: Spanakopita or Spanak, I always call it Spanakopita.
1: Spanakopita. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, the Greek guys that were in that restaurant called it so many different things i think they were just (laughs) fucking with us for the most part you know that's not how you say it now go (laughs) empty
0: the hot water out of the coffee machine
1: (laughs) yeah please go go mop the freezer for me if you don't mind yeah go find the left-handed whisk Uh, go
0: go get the cheese stretcher
1: no but i started uh you know then and then um went back home after i realized that i didn't want to do music for the rest of my life uh so
0: was there something you know, that made you decide that you didn't want to do music?
1: Um, just really failing know? out. I, I you know, it was one of those things where you you decide you don't want to go to college anymore. You just wanna go party like you're in college. You know, that's that's that was me. And that's you know where the alcoholism really was like. The red flags started throwing themselves up, but I was like, "No, no, no! I'm just a college kid. That's all you I am." You start making really, right?
0: decisions about your life based around alcohol and drugs, partying. Oh yeah! Oh, I was the best at that. <laughs> you know,
1: look at—I got a one point one my first semester freshman year. That was my GPA. Because I was ready to, I was ready to party. I was not ready to go to school. I brought that back up throughout the next year, and I did summer courses every summer. <laughs> you know, I mean, we did Maymester. Me and my other uh, buddy. I was like, hey, I didn't do too hot, so I'm gonna need to do a little extracurricular over the. And then we use that as an excuse.
0: Hey, it's just us in the house. Let's you know, let's party. But I always like to like. You're you're you'd say you're very high functioning. Did you, did you ever use Drinking is like a reward because I would always be like, "Fuck! I just mowed the yard, wash the cars, pressure, wash the deck. I deserve to drink nine beers. Like I, I earned this. Yeah. I didn't need, I would never drink beforehand. It would be a, once I complete all this stuff. The Sirens going down. That's what yeah, I was going thing. down in Bellevue. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So, you know, for me, it was a little bit of it all, right? It was, Hey, we just had an incredible shift. Let's get fucked up. Or, Hey, we just had a terrible shift. Let's definitely get fucked up.
0: <laughs> and it was just okay.
1: We should get exactly. fucked up exactly. Yes. I mean, it was every night going to the bar, you know, bartender already had a shot and a beer waiting for me when I pulled up to the, uh, to the end of the bar. I mean, now yeah, we're in the at this point, uh, well, it started off in uh, you know, in JMU and Harrisonburg is okay. when you know I I had my regular bars I went to, but it was mainly you know apartments. We had Whiskey Wednesday at the Ashby Apartments. Whew. Oh, very nice. That was rough. I mean, it was incredible, but it was rough. You know, <laughs> playing quarters till three o'clock in the morning, like it's no big deal.
0: <sighs> we're not, yeah. I'm thinking back to my old days and I'm like, oh, I don't know how I lived through some of that. I couldn't do it again. I would definitely not live. And I always thought you know like how when is? you get old, I'm like, I'll never be old or like this will bother me. I think I'm just like, I don't know. You just get old. You're like, I just, I just can't. And It's okay. Yeah. 100%. That's a point. Yeah. And you know, I mean,
1: I still like to have, I mean, I still go out to bars with friends and I still in the
0: loudest one in the room but I just don't happen to drink anymore. <laughs> and that's, and and that's, I don't know. I think that's one of the things I like to portray is like, you can still do stuff. I think people are like, no, to have fun, you've got to drink. And it's like, eh, I thought that no, for a long time. I did too. And, and it's the way I did have fun for a very long time. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I don't, it's not like I'm sitting here recommending, Hey, just go out to a bar and have fun with your friends. You know, it's, it's, it's not how I started out for sure. You know, I'm, I'm uh, very blessed to be able to have four years behind me now. Uh, but that doesn't mean I take any of it for granted. And of course you do, you know, I can't say that hundred percent. Everyone takes it for granted. Uh, you know, but this time last year, you know, I, I put a little post out on Facebook and it was just, you know, one of those things where I was like, I, I almost didn't share that this was my three years, you know, it's just another day. But you know i'd been talking to one of my buddies who was trying to get sober and and i was like you know uh, i'm glad we got to talk and and you know he he didn't get sober for another year but uh you know he was like yeah this this is what i need this is I, I need what you have you know and and for me it was like this is this is why you share your 3 years it's not just another day i mean it is but at the same time i don't do it for me like i'm not you know boastful this is 3 years for me it was this is 3 years for him so he can see you know this is 4 years today for me so that 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 i can show others that it can be done and it, you can't do it alone now i did the white knuckle i white knuckled for 9 months uh one of the first times i got sober and uh man, what a shitty 9 months it was you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean it was terrible i never went that long before uh i actually like Quit. I could go like a week or two, and then I would just start like sneaking and hiding and lying. Yeah. You can never do it. You can never go that long. It was just and I thought that was like, ah, I went a week and a half. I'm not, I'm not a drinker. I'm good. I did it off pure willpower, and it was terrible.
1: And I came back harder and faster than when I had left drinking the nine months prior. I mean, it didn't take anything, it was like a light bulb. Switch it on.
0: There you go. So you were in college, having a good time. Quarters till two o'clock in the morning. When did you leave? When did did you finish college? Did so you, I we- did not. No, I ended up uh, dropping
1: out. I I did too. Yeah, I ended up. I was you know had to go to my parents and be like, look, this isn't this isn't working for me. Um, I, I think I knew then. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna somehow kill myself. <laughs> you know, I don't know how, but I'm going to do it like not not suicidal thoughts at all, but just the path that I'm on. It's not good. So, uh, you know, I did did some soul searching. Um, some of it might have been in jail, you know, but I did some soul searching. When was the first time you went to jail? The first time I went to jail? Yeah, that was uh Myrtle Beach during my senior beach week. I think it was the second day we were in Myrtle Beach.
0: What'd you do? And
1: uh, I was smoking pot with two other guys that had just come up to me and one of my friends. And they had ended up stealing like $2,000 and some marijuana, uh, apparently, from these some hotel down the road or something. And these bike cops were going by. Those two guys fit the description. And, yeah, I got busted for, uh, you know. Possession of, of course, the joint was in my hand or the blunt, excuse The blunt was in my hand when they were going by, so I got popped for possession of marijuana. You had to go to jail for that. I mean, that was an overnight, you know, they just gave me the citation, but I had to stay there until I made bail. Yeah, so I had to call my parents on the second day of Beatry, you know, from jail. This is Corey from whatever county, inmate, myrtle beach jail. No. Yeah, yeah, you know, but no, I didn't didn't do the whole, uh, you know, any real time there, just that. And then, yeah, d- kept away from jail for a long time and went back a couple more times after that.
0: When did you move to Nashville?
1: I moved to Nashville January of 2010.
0: All right, so you've been here 12 years now. Yep. Why'd you move to Nashville?
1: I moved to Nashville, you know, I uh, told... My probation officer, actually, we're just making paint painting a pretty picture of me, aren't we? Uh, my probation officer was, uh, you know, talking to me. He's like, "So what are you gonna do? You know, when you get off probation?" I was like, "Actually, I would like to tell you that I got accepted to the Art Institute of Tennessee, Nashville, and I would like to go there in January." And this was, you know, I think November of uh two thousand nine, and he was like, "Uh, "The problem with that is you have." Uh, probation until May and you have to see me once a month. And he did house visits and all the whole nine yards. And I was like, what "Okay, was that so you, for? what
0: were you on probation for?
1: Oh, I was on probation uh, for um, uh, marijuana. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was on probation for that. A um, different
0: one you know than the one on the beach
1: in Myrtle beach. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, later on in college.
0: All right. Yeah this is all part of the story i think it's good of course. You know, I think, it is good. i think people out there that are are like man i'm already too far i've already been to jail i've been to this like no man you like i think this is all part of it and i'm and thank you for sharing yeah. some of this stuff of course yes yeah, I, so I did to,
1: two, two months <clears throat> uh at the rockingham county jail for distribution wow. of marijuana
0: Where i, I certainly could have served that term myself i just by the grace of God, never got caught. Yeah,
1: my uh, my my fraternity brother came in wearing a mic and popped me up. So, wow. yeah, man. Okay. Needless to say, I, I didn't care about that fraternity uh, anymore after all that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. So the guy, your your
1: PO says, "Hey, you know, you you got to stick around in in Virginia until May uh, when your probation's up." And I was just like. I, I just can't do that. we got to figure out something because, you know, you you keep me here and uh, I'm just going to figure out a way to keep doing the same shit I was doing. So he went to bat for me. I mean, I say he went to bat for me. He could probably get in trouble with this podcast, but he was like, all right, you go to Tennessee and don't get in any fucking trouble. And I was like, yes, sir. I mean, I was elated at that at point. At least not you know, till May. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble for a long time. I mean, I probably made it. I don't know. Seven, six, seven years. So you went to the art institute. Did you do that? I did. Yeah. I graduated with my bachelor's of science from there. RIP right. Art Institute is not a uh college anymore. But you know, I feel like I'm I'm one of the ones and I have a few other uh classmates I graduated with that are in the industry and uh you know upper management or owners and uh you know we we stick together for sure. Were you in school with Alex Ballou? I think he went there. He did. He was uh he was there before me. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I think he's off. Um he's gonna have some exciting news soon.
0: That's what he he puts these teasers out there. I don't I don't know what's yeah. going on there, but yeah, I was messaging uh, okay. him a little bit. So what was your first job outside of uh the art institute? First job was at the Listening Room Cafe. Ah, with Chris. Yeah,
1: with Chris Shushel. Chris Blair. I don't know which one he goes by now.
0: Uh, he, he goes by both. I think it's Chris Joshua okay. Blair.
1: Chris Blair was his stage name. I know that. You know,
0: <laughs> he had. The, he, was
1: he, a, he was a hot country music singer.
0: Now, are you talking about the old school one that was like next to the or like where the Mexican restaurant is now? Where the cause he also, Station.
1: It was yeah, in Common Station.
0: Kumbin Station, right? Correct. Because yeah. it was there before he went over to. Yep. Where Have a Nice Day Cafe was, and then yeah. now he's moved again. Like, but. That was old school. That's old school listening room. Oh yeah, 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 that's right down from uh Wawasabi. Shout out
1: to the best sushi place in Nashville.
0: Yeah. The Kims are incredible people. Uh that that that's it's fun to talk about some of those old days back when that was going on. He was a good dude, man. He still is a good dude. I've, I've he helped yeah. me out a lot back in the day. Uh, when i was working yeah, through was, my ways with all my produce there were some stuff.
1: awesome people that worked there too i mean michael fabrizio worked there he's a bartender jeremy lister was a bartender there wow uh yeah how do you know jeremy lister from the listening room cafe <laughs> that's okay yeah that's where we that's where we met and uh you know we kept in touch here and there he actually did uh the street i actually have a street corner symphony poster somewhere there it is there it is look at that all side he, he got all of his buddies sign it. and that was the night that uh Allison Krauss came out on stage
0: wow. i mean come
1: on what a show that was uh but Jeremy he came to the he came to the bridge building for one of our events uh with the street corner symphony and they jammed
0: out it was awesome he uh he has been on the show oh has he Awesome. He, yeah he's been in on the show and i met him in Jackson Mississippi uh, back when he was with a band called Geronimo Rex, I think, and nice. uh, he was just doing some solo play, and he wanted to move to Nashville, and I, I transferred him from Char where he was working to the Amerigo. And awesome. I was moving to Nashville, so we moved to Nashville together. That's awesome! He's what a good one, dude. One of my, one of the greatest guys, and he's another guy. He's like, like he's incredibly talented. Now. He's got six years.
1: Oh so wow! Yeah, I don't.
0: Writer. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he's. I think he he did five it's years. Small world. He, he just had done five years when I talked to him and he has a song he covered Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And oh, I remember like, you
1: talking about that.
0: Yeah, it was I like the most amazing thing. Um, his his version of it. and You can find it on our YouTube channel. Segate out his, his version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just an incredible musician. I'm going to have him Those come guys, and tell his story.
1: Yeah, there you go. We're waiting, Jeremy. We want to hear it. We we want to hear how many times you got arrested, Jeremy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what's how many are we up to now? We're only up to two, for you. Oh, yeah, I think it's two, three.
1: You know, I, it's hard to keep track.
0: So you get past uh, you. When did you link up with uh, Nathaniel and Tabor? So I got a job uh, at Whitfield's. Yeah,
1: yeah, Whitfield's. That was 2011. Wow. Yeah, that was. A, I was at the uh, listening room for a short time. I, oh, well, I mean,
0: it wasn't a short time. I was there for probably a year, maybe a little I bit had more. I met you back then, by the way. I'm sure you did. Because I was yeah. in that kitchen, all that tiny kitchen at Whitfield. So small. What was the dude that drove the uh, yellow Rumblebee? The yellow Ram Dodge Ram truck. Do you know who that uh, was? You' know, talking about Gary. Was his name not, Gary? Gary was uh, the chef. Yeah, he
1: was he was the uh, one of the old owners before Tabor took over. He was the old owner with Nathaniel.
0: Okay, yeah, he had this big yellow truck. He's a, he's a nice guy, I guess. Yeah, he's <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've, I heard
1: I heard some some good stories about him. You know, I didn't I didn't uh, work with him at all. I, I got there right after he was out, but some of the old servers were. Telling me some stories about them.
0: It was uh some good stuff. Some definitely well, you guys from Whitfields, I think when they sold Whitfields and you guys just like took off. Where was your drinking at during that time? Oh, it was good. You know, it
1: was it was those, hey, we just crushed service. Let's go out drinking, you know. Now, were you running house back of the house? Back house, yeah. I was I started off as the uh salad and dessert bitch in the back. Hey, pantries, you gotta there work you it go. sometimes, right? Hey, just creme brulee all night long. <laughs> you know the people at Meade wanted their creme brulee, and I, I served uh, it to
0: them. I have to QA creme brulee at least once a week. There you go. There it you to go. make sure if the consistency is there. Yep, exactly. it always is. There's the cat. Oh, uh, what? And what is your cat's name?
1: Uh, Tipsy, and her brother, twin brother's name is jameson and then i have a uh a dog named booker
0: so booker's alcoholism mother. runs deep in your <laughs> oh it's it's deep rooted i mean come on you know tipsy booker and jameson if you had another it'd be baker there you go yep yeah bookers and bakers and and weller <laughs> pappy pappy what was your what was your drink of choice was it whiskey bourbon yeah okay I said, by the names Jameson and uh, you said you said Booker. What'd you say your name? Booker, is it Booker? Yeah, Booker, yeah. Booker. Jameson and Booker. I would assume it would be whiskey. I wanted the high proof stuff. Come on, Booker's bourbon, what Any- is that?
1: 120, 123. <laughs> Not that I remember, oh, yeah, or anything. Full proof,
0: it's good stuff. I always went for the full proof too because I was like, I'm a you know, I'm a man. Look, I Drink love one
1: ice cube. Let's go. I love bourbon, but I never drank it for the taste if we're going to be honest. I would taste it and, and I acquired a great taste for it. Never really acquired the scotch taste. I tried many times, No, but for me, I never drank for the taste, even if it was really good. I never drank for the taste. I mean, we would, we would destroy bottles of Pappy, you know what I mean? Not, not that yeah. Pappy's really good bourbon. Sorry to anybody that really loves Pappy. I know it's expensive and people stand in line for it, but you know, we, uh, we took Pappy for granted, that's for sure, many times. But that, that comes from a true alcoholic, you
0: know. I I don't I remember drinking bourbon in the moment because I enjoyed the fellowship and I liked drinking because it was something to do while hanging out with people and you just got sloppy. But I, I think I look back much more fondly at the flavor of what it tasted like versus see. like what it I think if I actually took a sip, I'd be like, God bless, I drank that. But I think about it, like if I think about it back in the day, I'm like, God, I bet that tastes really good right now. But it's like, no, 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 I, I don't.
1: I mean, towards the end, I was getting gingerbackers with every shot. Like, are you really drinking for the flavor? Do you really love <laughs> ginger? Bourbon? Yeah, a little ginger ale. Hey, give me a gingerbacker with that. Because I was like, let's see how quickly I can get drunk. Please. You know, I want to get there and then drink beer, drink, drink some Dos Peros or some Bear Walker to maintain it.
0: So we. You know, I think that one of the things I've said in the past is that I didn't drink. I didn't read. I had no idea. Like people say I had a drinking problem. And I said, well, I think drinking was my solution. I've done a lot of work to go back and think about why drinking. Why did I like to get fucked up so bad? What were the things that I needed to do? Like, why was it? What was I trying to numb? Have you done any of that? Have you th- thought about? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Did you, did you, can you go into any of that?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I, I drank for a lot of reasons, you know, like, like I said before, it was the the excuses were always there for the the celebrations or the, uh you know, consolation. <laughs> but um for me, you know, it was it was an escape and it was it brought a lot of problems into my life. And I for so long thought it was the solution. You know, I think it was that. You know, and I I don't mean classic as a derogatory for anybody that has gone through the same thing, uh, yourself included. But I think it was that classic sort of, "Hey, you know, I'm drinking because I'm unhappy, but I'm also unhappy because I'm drinking." (laughs) So yeah, it it just compounds it. It does, and and for me, there were so many things that I was happy for. I mean, I, I, you know, took it for granted. There were so many things to be happy about and for and and you know I don't think I was depressed by any means but just you know really thought I was having the best time of my life and some of those times were the best time of my life but at the same time that's where I took it every time every night needed to be a party every night needed to be a celebration I was the one the fun lover you know the one that at the bar hey I'm buying a round of drinks for everybody you know you know, spending paychecks at the bar every once in a while, you know, just cause I was, I wanted that lifestyle, but you know, it wasn't at the end of the day, it wasn't about the lifestyles about how I was living my life. And, and uh, I, I never got that, you know, until it was, thank God it wasn't too late, but until it was a lot later than I would have liked it to be.
0: <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think it's working in this industry. You see so many people, that just have discretionary income where they, they give off this impression that they do. And you see people out there drinking expensive bottles of wine and ordering these steaks and just spending all this money. And you kind of, you know, man, I, I could do that. I could be that. And there's, only I don't know. I almost felt like I can emulate that when I go out to eat, I want to be the guy that people look at and go, well, that guy's buying, that guy's buying around. And it's like, I got this, but it's yeah. like, I did not
1: really have that. We were the ones, you know, ordering, you know, hey, let's get four appetizers. I just want to try everything. So let's get four appetizers, five entrees, you know, just just out there spending it like like we had it and, and you know, drinking very well and drinking higher end stuff. I remember, uh, you know, down there at the uh, Bakersfield, uh, they had some pappy up on the wall. And my buddy was like, hey, let's get around for us and a couple people we didn't even know. And it's like, what? Really? You know, yeah, like that that's what we're doing tonight. And that's what we did. And you know, we were just living that lifestyle. But uh uh, you know, I I don't think it was anything other than, you know, and again for me, I can only speak for myself, but it was it was just like you said, emulating that one, the lifestyle, but also that you know, we can be whatever we want to be, um, as long as we're drinking while we're doing it.
0: And I think that's one of the lessons I learned, like that. I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't because I wasn't okay with who I was, Yeah, you know? And I think that was the, that was the thing. I didn't want to be the, I think I wanted to be somebody different than who I was and I wasn't okay with that. And then finally, when I was forced, I say forced when I sat down and didn't have a way to numb that feeling, I had to go, Hey, who am I? And I was really, the first six months of sobriety for me was, God, it was fucking intense. I mean, it was just an overwhelming emotions and who am I, you know? And yeah. then finally I, you start learning how to grasp some of those things. Did you have any of that? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, I think, and, and I've
1: shared it, you know, before, um, to, to as well, I, I was, you know, um, not even a year sober when I lost my father. Um, mm. But, you know, by the grace of that higher power we, we talk about, um, I was incarcerated for that time when he passed. And this was, you know, all the court stuff was finally done, but I finally got my sentencing for my small time I had to do uh, after, you know, the, State of Tennessee doesn't like him when you get multiple DUIs. It's not something they they really enjoy. No. Um, so, so I had to I had to do a little bit of time for that. And and uh, like I said, by the grace of my higher power, I was incarcerated when my father passed away. Uh, because there is not one ounce of me that believes that I would not have gone out and tried to numb that pain. Uh, so all I had time, all I had was time to think, to mourn, to grieve, and you know through that process that's really the first time um I took AA seriously honestly you know and I'd been going to meetings and had a sponsor and all these things but you know until I got to just sit and be with myself and my thoughts and who I was going to be you know I know who I was then but who are you going to be you know your your father just passed away you know your superhero is gone so Who are you gonna be now? And uh yeah, that changed my life.
0: Wow, I mean that that's so powerful. Um, I think there's this moment that you probably sit and think, like, my dad, like my parents are my safety blanket. You know, like they're they're both still alive and they live two houses down from me. (laughs) And anything that like happens, I can pick up the phone and call them right now. And I just I've I don't know, I've thought about like what happens if I lose my parents and I just it's almost like I, I guess I gotta suck it up. And, and during all of that moment for you, like, OK, here I go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it
1: turned into, you know, getting getting that that call or making that call you know get phone calls while you're uh, locked up but making that call and and getting that news you know it was it was just something where um you know it was I was prepared for it but you're never prepared for it right mm-hmm. uh I, I had a a very strong feeling that um he wasn't going to make it past me uh getting out of out of jail so um i was i was you know talking about it and and thinking about it and writing about it um but you know i had my aa book while i was in there um so that was the one thing that that they let me take in with me um and, big blue and you know, book. I, yeah the big book and and went to the meetings that they had in there so it was it was good um for me and you know still had my mother i don't i guess you know that's the part we kind of skipped over she she uh she's incredible her disease went into remission when i was in college actually i came back from three years of college and, uh, you know, I'd been back and forth. I was only, you know, an hour down the road, but went to one of my, my dad was like, Hey, we go pick your mom up from physical therapy while you're, you know, home. And I was like, sure. Went in there and she was on an elliptical machine. And she, you know, the last time I'd seen her, she was in a wheelchair still, you know? Wow. But they had her up on, on the, uh, elliptical. And I mean, I just was sitting there, jaw dropped to the ground. Like what is going on? And my mom's just got this giddy grin on her face. And she's like, well, and I, I just couldn't say a word. I mean, I was literally speechless and she said, well, aren't you proud of your mother? And I just lost it. I mean, just to your city, you know, waterworks coming. And, you know, to this day she's driving a car again, you know, chasing my niece around, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Yeah, just she is a, you know, and so many people have said it and she sort of did her God story at church recently. It was like a three episode um, uh, thing they did. And it was just just to hear her story told by her and to be able to, you know, I I sort of wrote a little letter for that. The uh, preacher read at the end of it all to surprise her with. Uh, But just to have her and to know that her story has affected so many, especially me. You know, I mean, I don't I don't ever think I could have not believed in a higher power with the mother I had. You know, she was the one uh, dragging us to church and, you know, multiple times a week. And and she was the one that she was the glue of the family as much as she would admit that my father is. You know, I don't think she understands or takes the credit for being the real driving factor in all of our lives, you know, because to see her living the life that she can live now from being in a wheelchair for so long and and not expect to see me graduate high school. It's just, you know, people call her the miracle on earth and she's, she's not very short from that. One of the closest things to a saint that I've ever met for sure.
0: I think so many people wouldn't blame her if she was upset or angry at God for something that happened at a young age and, to work through it and to have that level of faith is, is I don't, it's just amazing.
1: It is. And you know, that was, that was part I mean, of that's... Exactly. And, you know, even for, you know, the, uh, the preacher at her church now, he was like, you know, your mom teaches me more lessons than I have my entire life, you know, and same thing for my father too. You know, he was a huge part of the church as well. And, you know, I grew up singing in the church and, you know, we were the, we were the uh, high school group that egged the principal's house, but they were like, well, who are you with? And we were like, we were with the church group. What are you talking about? You know, this was right after Wednesday night church is when we did this. Uh, You know, so we were, we were that crowd. And, you know, again, my, people that haven't ever met my mother, but have met me, especially back in my drinking days when they did meet her or when I would talk about her, they were just like, how in the world? And I'm like, I know, you know, I, despite (laughs) my parents, I am who I am, but they, they did their best and, and have, uh, you know, I, I'd love to, my mother reminds me all the time that my father was very proud of me. Um, even though I was actually incarcerated when, when he did pass, uh, but, you
0: know, it's but, just you know, I think you can. That's another like God, higher power, whatever I call him, works in mysterious ways. And you go, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. I'm one of those people. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, there was zero chance, negative zero chance of me uh, being sober after losing my father if it was
0: up to my own will. So when are you going to give your mother a, a grandchild of of your own? Uh, you <laughs> know, like, we're, I didn't know you're going to do that shit, man. What is right? this?
1: We're we're not not trying anymore. You know, we're just having fun, seeing what happens. My wife may have an ov- ovulation calendar.
0: <laughs> is it maybe it's, we've pulled the goalie?
1: Yeah, you know we're we're just. Uh, we're just really excited,
0: um, you know, if if we're blessed enough to be able to let the Coleman name live on. Well, my oldest son is William Coleman. It's his nice. middle name. We love the name. Uh, you didn't have to name him after me. Right? I know. You didn't, I, you didn't I, have to do that. <laughs> I manifest, we manifested that. It's what happened. You we go. had to do it. Um, so let's 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 talk about your wife. Did your How long have you been married? We have been married uh for almost three years now. Almost three years. So she knew you as a drinker? And I apologize, it's almost two years. I just got yelled at. Uh we got we got married during the pandemic. You got married during the pandemic? It was yes. almost two years then. What day did you get married? March twenty fifth. Good. So I'm just testing. Right you before
1: now. the yeah, right before they shut everything down. I mean, right after they really – it was right before, technically. I mean, you know, March Madness, when that gets shut down, you're like, oh, this is getting real. And then, you know, we were going to be the hard-headed ones. That are like, we don't care what they say. We're just going to have it. And then, you know, we're just like, we're not going to be the assholes that make all of our family. You know, she has grandparents still alive that we're going to travel for this. And, you know, we're not going to do all that. So. We, uh, we canceled our Savannah plans and got married at the Dixon County Courthouse in Charlotte,
0: Tennessee. Nice. Under the gazebo. Hey, that, you know, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, did you guys, how long, did she know you when you were a drinker? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we met, we met at uh, Buffalo Billiards. Nice on Second Avenue, man. I love that place. Yep used yeah. to have the Havana Lounge upstairs.
1: Buffalo Billiards and then uh, what was the little beer joint right there at the corner of First?
0: Beer Cellar. Beer Cellar. Yeah, which isn't really there anymore. No. Because the bombing. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Buffalo Billiards isn't and Now it's Dick's. Yep. Or was. I don't even know. I haven't been down there. I don't even know what's. time show an episode and figure out what's going on with Second Avenue.
1: Nashville's changed so much. Man, last time I went over there to to look, they still it was kind of eerie. They still had all the Christmas decorations up. Cause they had it all fenced off. And I mean you could still see, you know, all the all the Christmas decorations still up down there. It was it was surreal experience being down there, you know, so close to it. It's just like, man. I mean, just you know, and I mean, thank goodness that, you know, because it was right what, a couple blocks down from the corner pub there but we were sort of directly behind the blast so we were able to open um you know it was tough we didn't have any uh any service at all because of all that at t stuff and everything but we wanted to be there for the first responders and the people you know the regulars that live downtown and you just you know you, you want to do something and so you know taber were talking. we're talking like what can we do so we're like let's just be open for the people you know so, be a place where people can go. Uh, Built so we community. were able to, yeah, I mean, that community was incredible to us. You know, that was obviously our hardest hit store through COVID. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, yeah. it just, it was, it was a tough store uh, during that time, but, you know, we we were so thankful for everybody in that community that held us up during that time. We wanted to hold them up during such a terrible time. Uh, but, you know, we are Nashville and, I hate having to keep saying it. We are resilient, you know. We have each other, and and the restaurant community, and the Nashville community, and the country music community, and the, the community in general of music itself for Music City. Um, just is an incredible place to be. I mean, I know you know you grew up here, but it's just it's just an awesome sort of it's it's its own little microcosm, right? It's it's we we are Nashville. You know as many times as it's been printed on sides of buildings and you know a mantra for for all of us it it really is what makes this city great.
0: you know I read an editorial my wife sent to me that somebody was like, "I hate the new Nashville, and this was a person who was talking about driving through um like the Brook Hollow neighborhood and where they used to love that neighborhood, a bunch of, you know, ranch houses that are now all being like these green Hills is also an area that's just getting overrun sure. with white houses. When well, I monster- think we can
1: all, if anybody drives on 40 or 440 at 3 45 PM or after we can, uh, it's getting earlier than that. Now it's getting about it's three insane. o'clock, but well, I, mean, I think we can all hate that part of Nashville.
0: This, the other day, there was a guy that got shot on 65 and like the whole, like right. in that uh, was a whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard about that. That was crazy.
0: I got, it uh, took me an hour and 45 minutes to get from Hillsborough village to Brentwood, to go to Maribel restaurant, hour and 45 minutes Hillsboro village. It was insane. Um, just a, just a real pain in the ass. But you know, the one thing I think that's awesome. And I love about this podcast is that I get to talk to so many people who help preserve that community that hospitality community in the city and i i feel like there's something that isn't all those big white house all people moving from california new york chicago that may want to bring some of what they left at home to our town i think that that's fine but i think that the one thing is about the people in this restaurant industry is that we're preserving this brotherhood or sisterhood or just this community of people that care about each other and want to serve. And I think it's, um, I think it's special. I think it's awesome. It's what you just described on the day after Christmas, when you guys, we just want to stay open because we want to help people. We want people to have a place to go to nourish, you know, we want to nourish our community. And uh, I think it's, it's super special. It's what I love the most about doing this.
1: Yeah, Exactly. I mean, after the tornado, you know, mm. which little did we know what was coming after the tornado. But, you know, after that, you know, it landed 500 yards from our commissary um, and our corporate headquarters. And so that was just crazy. Tabor ended up parking. I think we talked about this before. He ended up parking on Bradley and walking all the way up because there were so many down power lines. But, you know, for us to be able to, you know, hook up to a generator, get back, and and we you know we made a bunch of meals. But when we took them down to like Germantown and those areas in East Nashville, there was already so much food there. It was just like, dude, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it, it, it was one cold. of those things. Yeah, they, they were like us. Uh, take it to the next fire station. We were like, you got it. Like, we're glad that. I mean, look how many people just showed up and were like, do it. You know what I mean? I mean, they had a a. I'm getting chills thinking
0: about it right now. Just that next day being down there, yes,
1: man, it what was what it was uh, like.
0: on just there, to go down forget.
1: to sort of ground zero, as it were, and just be able to, you know, throw sandwiches at people and and make sure that everybody, you know, it, it just seeing that is what we're talking about right now, right? Just that lost art of hospitality, whether it's you know making sure a guest understands, you know, where this great came from that made this wine or it's us banding together and making ham sandwiches for first responders. It's like, it's just the, the stuff that you, you can always teach, but you sort of live it. It's what we do this for, right? It's, it's, it's what makes the hospitality industry special.
0: And, and our city, you know, I think our city special too. I mean, I, you go to Boston for the weekend or you go to up North somewhere and you, 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 it's a different feel i, I kind of dig it too but like it's a different feel if you're in the grocery line like if i'm in the grocery line a lot of times i'm just getting like one thing and there's like two people in front of you that have like huge carts they're like hey man why don't you go ahead of me yeah and you're like thanks that's really nice like i don't know a lot of places that that just like happens yeah
1: i you mean i've it? seen you know at the preds game we were we were losing uh which Preds game was i can't remember which one i was at I think it was the Canucks game, but it was one of the games and and we were losing. And, you know, there was one Preds fan that was just like, hey, you know, giving the finger saying, fuck you to the fan. The other guy was like, hey, man, you're beating us. It's all right. We're not playing very well tonight, but, you know, uh, we're going to kick your ass next game or whatever it may be. And that, you know, we, there was a fight that night and everybody's cheering, you know, and I think I heard a stat from uh, our Preds rep that, the Predators were leading the league that night. From that fight, the Predators led the league in fights
0: in and, in the NHL. And penalties too this year. We're number one in penalty minutes as a team. Yeah, that's 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 not a good stat. But,
1: <laughs> but you, guys, we are you guys
0: partner, you said your preds rep. You guys partner with the predators. Those little seats in between the um in between the benches. In between the benches. Are corner pub seats. They are. Is that like an annual? Thing? You have that all year. Or is that like for a certain amount of games? Certain amount of games. They don't do
1: it for uh, you know. They have their whole uh, televised games, non televised games, depending on what network they're on, yeah. and their whole algorithm for the whole thing. But yeah, we have those those seats there, right have between the to benches. Have you in them yet? It's an incredible experience.
0: You did. Only you got, got
1: to only got to be there once, but it was it was uh, an experience like no other. I mean, just yeah sitting there and staring
0: uh, at at the away team, you know, and being able to just – You're you know, right really... in the middle of it all, watching all the changes, oh, yeah. all the coaches yell. I mean, you're in between the two benches.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a surreal experience. Uh, you know, Johansson's right here, and he's the door guy. So he's just constantly opening and closing the door for the line changes when he's not on the ice, of course, Yeah, but he's just sitting there opening and closing the door for the guys. You know what I mean? That's, that's what he does. You're like, and I then Yossi, no idea. when he goes in and then Yossi comes back in, Yossi's the guy. And you can tell when it's getting a little heated because that door does not slam very softly. <laughs> oh, when, when they're not, when they're not happy, you, you know, it, by the door slam.
0: That's, that's so awesome. Uh, I will volunteer myself as tribute. shamelessly (laughs) if you ever need to fill that spot um i'll drop what i'm doing there you go (laughs) i hear you yeah it's it's uh
1: you know it's an exciting the preds were awesome to us through uh the the pandemic as well i mean you know they they partnered with us to help um the national general hospital you know we fed all of them for uh a long time during that first summer um we fed uh, multiple police departments through the predators. You know, it was just again we are Nashville, but but they were so awesome to us, and we're just excited to be able to you know partner with them every year. And then we're oh, going to wow. be in the Nashville Soccer Stadium, so that's an exciting thing. You watch out for the Corner Pub concession stand at the new MLS Stadium. It's going to be
0: the largest soccer-only venue in the in the nation. So I will say, uh, let's talk. Th- let's do some promotion for your restaurants because I think that there's a, you know, if you're gonna go to a bar, sports bar, go somewhere that's locally owned and operated. That is my, like, I was screaming from the roof- rooftops. And you guys have, let's talk about your different locations. You've got one downtown, you've got the Corner Pub in Bellevue, you've got one in Cool Springs. Uh, and where are your other locations? Those are three. We have Brentwood,
1: uh, off Old Hickory Boulevard, and right beside it is the Skena Cantina, our Mexican. Okay, so you're over there
0: by um, like, Seven Springs. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, there's a new TriStar right there, um, and and a couple other places.
0: Orange Theory, <clears throat> is right there as well. Are there other? Is there? Is that where Thunderbirds is? Is there? Is that restaurant over there? Firebirds. Firebirds. That's what it is. Thunderbirds
1: is an incredible movie. With Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and uh oh, what is his name? Somebody's gonna be mad. I don't remember this. Jamie Lee Curtis? No. I... It doesn't matter. It's it's an incredible Nicolas Cage movie. And you know, Nicolas Cage oh. is my guilty pleasure. You can uh
0: you can hate me for but he was yeah, he he flew the uh, Thunderbird. Okay. I haven't seen it. I'm embarrassed I haven't seen it. It's incredible. You're looking at me like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm I know. Kidding. I'm I'm a, I'm not offended. I'm just sh- I'm disappointed, Brandon. You're disappointed. <laughs> like when somebody's <laughs> like, I've never seen Anchorman. I'm like, what? Right. Yeah.
1: Like, you don't know the legend
0: seen? of Ron Burgundy? Come on. <laughs> but yeah,
1: so we have our we have our uh corner pub uh right there in Seven Springs off Old Hickory Boulevard, and then we have corner pub Franklin down uh off Columbia Avenue as well.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Franklin. So you're all over the city.
1: We are. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're excited to be bringing the fine people of Bellevue uh, an Italian steakhouse where they can, you know, come learn more about food and wine, uh, bring the family and, and, you know, have, have a place to, to really just get that lost art of hospitality back into, back into Nashville.
0: Well, dude, you're one of my favorite people. Uh, thank you for coming on today, and just telling telling your Kenny kind of your story. I, I I feel like we could talk for hours on end. We definitely uh,
1: could. We, we, we probably will. talked a little too long. I hope you didn't lose
0: any listeners listening to uh, this for this long. You know, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great it's, time. I'm like, it's not about my listeners; it's about me, man. I've enjoyed this. There you go. Hey, <laughs> I, I I love a little uh, armchair therapy. You know what I mean? I'm I'm selfish. I'm like, I selfishly you know, am like, I I do these because I want people to hear them and hopefully glean something out of it. They're like, ah, oh, and I identify with that. It's an interesting perspective. But really, it's just for me. I just yeah. I, well, like, I will say,
1: you know, every time. We, I, I say it about AA meetings as well. Every time we hang, every time I hang out with Brandon still, I'd never go walk away from that feeling worse ever. Oh always, man. I feel the exact makes feel same better, way about you. Just, feel- just lucky to be able be a part of this incredible thing you got going and excited to see more, uh, more alcoholics like us be able to tell their story and, and, you know, hopefully it, you know, can resonate with just one person. Uh, you know, and and somebody can get something out of
0: it. It's one person who might be able to go, "Hey, I'm I'm I've felt ashamed about something. I'm gonna look into that," or somebody who can gain some level of empathy for people that you know are like us. That they're not, we're not yeah. weird. It's just a. I have nothing against people who drink. I, I, that's one of the things that's crazy. It's like, what, not at all. How do you work in a restaurant when there's drinking? I'm like. I got nothing wrong with alcohol or drinkers. It's just a, I just can't do it. It's just, if I got one, I'm going to have 10. And then then you don't want me around.
1: Yeah. That was my problem with AA for so long. I didn't want to be powerless over alcohol. It's an inanimate (laughs) object. How am I powerless over whiskey? Get out of here. I don't need AA. White knuckle it for nine months. See how that goes for you. You know, but. (laughs) The great people of AA and and you know the the ones that that really want not only their story heard but want to listen like I, that's the one thing that I, I thought was crazy when I first started going to AA court appointed remember uh, I was like what are all these people in here doing listening to everybody you know because I was in there listening like oh thank goodness I'm not as I'm not as bad as that guy's story so I'm fine I don't need this place
0: you know oh, mine was crazy every time I I heard a story I went. I see myself going there, like I did. That didn't happen to me, but it would have. Like if I would have got how,
1: caught. That's how I see myself now. But first, going to AA, I was just it was it was me. Like, oh, okay, I'm not as bad as that guy's story. All right, good, good. good. <laughs> but now it's like I listen to a story, and I mean, I told you know when I got out of jail, I had friends like, oh man, what was it like? You know, how was it? And I was just like, there are people just like you and me
0: in jail. I mean, just like us. I mean, just, everybody's just like you. Like this isn't a, uh, you know, like I said, before first day I went in, somebody goes, you don't need to be there, man. This this is a a place where people go after they've slid their car into a bus full of children. Like that's what it's, and then I walked into my first meeting. I was like, oh shit, everybody looks just like me. And People yeah. are laughing. Why is everybody laughing? Why are they having a good time in here? Exactly. Like this isn't this. Like I don't. I'm really sad right now. And I'm broken. I am broken. Why is everybody yeah. like having fun? And now like I get up and I tell jokes and like I it's part of my stick.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh,
0: I was in. Uh, many
1: AA meetings with uh, some very very famous people. Of course, it's AA. So, but you know, you you walk into the 202 house back in the day, and you see you know a music or movie star walk in. You're like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> uh, you know this this disease does not you know uh, shy away from anyone, no matter what your walk of life is.
0: I think that's kind of the the point. I want to do one episode a month where. I talk to people who go, hey, look, I'm just like anybody else you'll ever meet. And I want to see different walks of life of people in our industry who have beat it, so to speak. And and every day I wake up is a new day that I I could potentially not beat it. I mean, I recognize that I'm not like, oh, I've got two years and X amount of months. I'm good for life. Like it's a healed. I I heard a guy yesterday say if 36 years and they said um, 36 years, but if you woke up before me today, if you woke up, I got up at 815. If you got up before me, I consider you to have more time under you. Uh, because it really is one day at a time, you can't look at it like I'm not going to until I get four years or five years or 10 years like, hell no, man, like every morning you wake up is another day. And I, I think that's something that I think you hear people like us who have a little bit of time under their belt. I and mean, I've talked to people lots of time under their belt. But it's like it doesn't matter, man. It's like if you were able to do it today or tomorrow or the next day, like that's that's huge and should yeah. celebrate that. I mean, it's it is truly one day at a time. You know, it, it is, and
1: you know, it's like I said, days turn into months, you know, and months can turn into years, which I'm grateful for. But uh, you know, I I uh, I like to not take it for granted as as much as um, I think I did, but it's it's not only one day at a time for me, it's, Hey, it's that next drink could kill me because it it really could, you know, I I could say, Oh, I can just have one drink now. Uh, that's, that's how I got back into it the last, you know, three times. (laughs) So Uh, one cigarette or one dip,
0: one, anything,
1: no matter what it could be, you know, I mean, I got that, you know, I I got big into the gym. Uh, I could go, I I took a little time off, but, um, (laughs) You know, I I have that sort of about. obsessive mentality with that as well. You know, and it's it's a it's one of those things where I just I'm glad I can focus it into certain areas. You know, I heard you're talking about podcasts before uh, the Smartless Podcast with uh, Jason one. Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, and I forget who they're talking to, but they're the guests they're talking to, and they're like, you know, he he was part of the program as well, and they're like, but thank goodness we could have this sort of illness or disease and then be able to just turn it and focus it in another direction. That's actually for good. Yeah. And I was like, amen to that, you know, whether it's the gym or work, you know, or now I can focus on, you know, married life and, and, uh, hopefully by the grace of my higher power, uh, raise a family, you know, Yeah. those I mean, are the things I can focus on now. And, and thank, thank goodness I can focus on them because
0: back in the day, you know, thank you for joining uh, the show today. I, I end every show and I, I give the guest. I say, Hey, go ahead and, and, and give us your final take. I feel like this whole show was kind of a final take this whole (laughs) conversation that we've had. Do you have any final last words, any, any kind of wisdom or anything that anything whatsoever you want to, you want to take us out with?
1: You know, I really just am grateful to be able to come on this show and talk about, you know, being four years sober today. Uh, I, I, you know, don't think I show enough gratitude, not only for those uh, friends close like you, Brandon, or, you know, the loved ones that have uh, really had my back uh, from day one, uh, especially, you know, when I was drinking. <laughs> the people that love me despite myself. Uh, but, you know, I, I just really, like I said, I, I would love for this to resonate with just one person. And, you know, if, if you've been thinking about it or, or know somebody that's struggling with it, you know, I got a buddy who's, um, just going to be at a month. Uh, so today, so, you know, it's hey, that's a big one, we're all along for the ride, uh, but just know you're not doing it alone because none of us can, so. I just really hope others can can really know that and either mention it to a friend or maybe look deep within themselves and see that, you know, you can do it. If I can do it, you know, I, whenever I used to run AA meetings, you know, I'd be like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll run this one when, you know, I'd be one of the first ones there. And at the end of it, I would literally say nobody threw a chair or jumped out of a window. If I can do it, you can do it.
0: 100%. <laughs> I love it wonderful final words and uh thanks again for doing this and i will i will see you soon man we'll see you uh, hopefully we can hang out all the time you're real close to me now so this is great
1: yeah yeah we'll be i'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of each other we can be a regular we're gonna run those
0: stairs over there go warner yeah let's do it i'm in we've we i haven't done that in like two weeks because yeah. of all that it. it's been so cold and I've been so busy. Like I haven't gone and hiked and I think that's what's missing in my life.
1: I went to the gym Monday and then I canceled every other day since then. So I feel your pain there. And uh I can't wait to uh shut off a little bit of this weight before we start eating fine steaks and, uh, you know, some octopus. I'm, I'm oh, pushing this octopus on the menu.
0: The octopus is fantastic. I love octopus, man. I'm all over it. And it's on every every. We just went a big food tour, and every place we went to, like the nicest restaurants, they all have octopus on the menu. It's it's so hot right now. It's like hands. Oh yeah, so hot right now. Yes, yes, and it will be a fine octopus dish, sir. A fine octopus dish. Now, will it be grilled or sous vide? Um, that is none of your business yet. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be tasty. Now shut up. It will be delicious. I am I am off right now. I'm leaving today to go to Salt Lake City, Utah, and I'm going to snowboarding for the rest of the week. So I that hope that, tough. I hope sounds your birthday week is great for you, and um, it's gonna be. I'm gonna celebrate you at the top of a mountain tomorrow. I'm gonna I love go. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna Facetime you and be like, "Look, dude, congratulations!" And and I'll
1: be ready for it. Yeah, I'll be ready for it.
0: I'm you gonna better be have out. a beer at the I'm- top
1: of the mountain. Just kidding. It better be kombucha, <laughs> kombucha kombucha
0: my jam there you this, go this hey, up, hum i need to get a local kombucha company to come on the show. Talk the show i got to get something guys you could if, send me a message if you know a local kombucha company i there want it is them to sponsor because i need i need product in the studio there it is this is one of my last interviews before we're going to be live in a studio so next time you do this we're going to be face to face in our studio that's awesome. I, I'm so happy for you. So glad that you're able to
1: have that space because this is just an awesome podcast. And you
0: know, I just uh, am am grateful to be a part of it. Well, I'm sorry, Jen was not able to be on this episode, but um... I'll never forgive her, <laughs> Jen. If you're listening, we we have to do this again in the studio. In the studio, we'll do it. All right, sir. I gotta get on an airplane. Hey, get on that airplane
1: and. uh just ride it hot and heavy down the slope for me one time. I'll I will. Be I'll, that face straight, time. I'm gonna,
0: I'll turn my my watch on. I'll see how many, um, how fast I go. I'll try it at 35 miles an hour.
1: Hey, double black diamond.
0: Oh yeah. All day.
1: There it is. <laughs> Appreciate right, brother. you, brother. Bye.
0: Wow. Thanks again, Corey Coleman, for joining us and being uh, so open about all of your times you've been to jail. <laughs> He's gonna kill me for saying that. Um, no, that was a fun conversation that we had. I, I really could have talked to him for hours and hours on end, and we sometimes often do. And um, it's kind of what I want to do here: share some of those conversations. I'm sorry if I sound holier than thou ever throughout that. I, I'm really not. As like I said at the beginning, I hate the way that I come across sometimes. Uh, we've got an amazing March story. The story we're going to be telling you in March is a good one, and I'm excited to do it i'm not going to tease it because it's like i said it's one day at a time we're going to wait until we get there and i'm going to tell you what we've got it's a new sponsor who's going to be coming on and the guy is amazing and his story is awesome i cannot wait to share it with you pray for me that i don't break a leg out on the slopes and um, i'm going to take a little a little retreat so we'll see you guys on friday we'll be back with a new episode friday with courtney vrablich from the store super excited about this episode you are going to love it hope you guys are being safe out there and uh love you guys bye